the editor-in-chief of the very athletic Bay Area, Tim Kawakami. Tim Kawakami, who has covered the NBA for over two decades. It's time now for the TK Show on the Athletic Podcast Network. Hey everybody, Tim Kawakami here, TK Show, recording from the home studio as usual. Very, very glad to have on a friend of mine, NFL senior writer for The Athletic, somebody I always get on during the playoffs. Uh, we're a little bit later, but, you know, hey, it helps because 49ers continue to win. Uh, and there are many interesting things that we, we can discuss. It's Mike Sando. Mike, how you doing today? It's good to be back. Good to be here. <laughs> I'm doing well. I love the playoffs. It's, it, it is very interesting. Obviously, the big stuff is 49ers at Eagle Sunday NFC Championship game. Uh, Mike, how did you how do you view this? We saw the Eagles look fantastic. Jalen Hurts come back from it. That was the big question mark I had. Uh, but then they come back and they just blow out the Giants looking fantastic. Yeah. 49ers didn't look tremendous beating the Cowboys, but you know, solidly done. Uh Brock Purdy is a rookie quarterback. It looks like he can get some things done. The defense looks good. How how did just your initial impression? No yeah. it's 49ers Eagles. So the right teams are here. You know, sometimes you get a fluky thing along the way and suddenly you've got a matchup that just shouldn't be the matchup. These should be these are the teams. These are the ones we really should see. The 49ers are the hottest team with the with the wins. Certainly one of the most intriguing teams with the quarterback no one expected to be there. Uh you've got uh the Eagles who I think were you know, you know, like you go in the AFC, Buffalo kind of was the best team a lot of the year, and in the end they weren't. I think Philly wavered a little bit late in the year, had some injuries um, that are still a little bit of a concern to me. Uh, Jalen Hurts is probably having a needle pushed into that shoulder, yep. you know, before the game, and, and that concerns me a little bit. But I just feel like these are the teams we want to see. You have to go beat the best to get there, and it's just how it should be. So uh, I think that's great. You know, when when – the 49ers were down by a point at halftime to Seattle. You know, you're like, geez, I mean, if Seattle was in this game, mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to be the repeat of the Giants-Eagle game, right? It's going to be 38-7. to yeah. So I feel like this is great. And uh, the 49ers, to me, are just the most intriguing team that's left because of all they've done to address the quarterback position. Yet here they are with Brock Purdy and all that means. It's just it's a dream. It's a, it's, it, it's a Tim Kawakami dream. <laughs> I mean, come on. You couldn't it, script this any better for all the implications, right? What do you mean? Have I written about their quarterback situation a time or two <laughs> for the last few years? Uh, I, obviously, I read everything you write, Mike. And I can tell, you know, you're not a skeptic on Purdy, but you're certainly not, like, gushing, saying this is the yeah, guy. Yeah, no doubt. And, and, like, nobody credible is saying this is the superstar. He's the next Brady. But I think some of us are just like, this guy's good. I think he's good. Yeah. Now, and, and it's healthy and wise to say, okay, we need, still need to see some stuff. But what is the kind of the context if you're saying, hey, no, listen, it's he's with the team. He's not leading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so I think we do get excited naturally. I have a little bit of a natural tendency probably to play a little bit of a contrarian when everyone gets so excited about something overwhelmingly. So That's healthy. Um, That's healthy. Yeah, and I, I feel like – like there's nothing, there's no bigger, um, you know, culprits of this than like the national broadcasts. You know, you, you put on the Bills game, and within five seconds, they got Leslie Frazier's face on there. And this has revolutionized defense in the league. This is the guy, and then like the first two drives are eighty-yard touchdown drives or whatever against that defense. Right? That's what happens on TV. Yep. And I think Brock Purdy, they put up the stats, and you know, it's fifty more rushing yards per game since he came in. Do we think he's the key 
to them rushing for 50 more yards per game on an average basis. No. I mean, there's no possibility that's true. So he's done a great job in the perfect offense that you would want to have your backup quarterback go into. And I think he's been better than that at times, better than just the guy who's you know benefiting from everything around him because he's made some really nice plays in the red zone and he's got half the battle of just not screwing it up, right? I mean, shoot. If Dak Prescott had not screwed it up maybe once, I don't think both interceptions were necessarily on him, but maybe Dallas wins the game, and he's a veteran quarterback who's played a lot and makes a ton of money. So you have to give Purdy his due. I just think the context could not be any better. And what I mean by that is, as I pointed out in my column, they've started since he's been in there 22 drives in plus territory. The next team has 13. So that is a huge advantage. You're immediately downhill. Then their defense is obviously completely dominant, except for a couple of games, you know, that were one-off odd games this year. Completely dominant. So that context changes everything for the quarterback, right? In terms of you're not playing a bunch of games from behind. You're not in a lot of drop-back pass situations. There's really not that many exposures for him in really, really difficult situations. So... You know, among quarterbacks coming in, he's really born on third base. Yeah, Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, also, and, yeah, you know, and and George Kittle, and all those other things. Yeah, so it's not his fault, but I think it's really helpful context, and it's fair context because when he does have the bad game or or whatever, or has to be in that situation, then we shouldn't just all turn and say he's terrible or got exposed. It just sort of is what it is, and you have to you have to look at that context. So I've probably been, you know, sometimes you struggle with that, like how much to be yeah budding, yeah budding, yeah budding. But I think it is helpful because this is not Kurt Warner coming in, even though he had a lot of great talent with the Rams, Hall of Famers all around him. But it's a seven step drop pass game where they're throwing the ball uh, outside the you know, all over the field, and it's clearly the quarterback is is driving a lot of it. I don't feel like that's what the 49ers are. So there's a context to that. Yeah, I would, I would. the only argument I would say, and, and then all that, I, I appreciate the stuff that you're writing and what you're saying is that he fits perfectly with Kyle Shanahan. I think that's yeah. what, in the you know, what we're saying, having gone through everything they went through, changing from Jimmy Garoppolo, acquiring Trey Lance, Going, sticking with Garoppolo, going back to Lance, going back to Jimmy after Lance got hurt. And then I think especially Lance in training camp where they were trying to have him be the guy. They were just hoping he was the guy. And you know what? They were thinking Brock Purdy was the kind of might be the guy. Like the, I think that was the tension of training camp. Uh, yeah. And so then when Brock Purdy comes in after Lance gets hurt and Garoppolo gets hurt and it works like this, I think that's the reality. Like this is what Kyle wants. The same, and I felt it like the RG3 Kirk Cousins things almost from the beginning, and I didn't see it in Purdy. I just saw the dynamic happening. Do you say, do you, do you, you know, say this, this ends with a decent Purdy game, they lose yeah. in Philadelphia. Would you say, man, the 49ers got to bring in another quarterback that can't be Brock Purdy, or would you say it's a no. competition? Would you say, where, oh, where would no, you I, be on that? I think he has to be beaten out. I mean, I, and you know, you sort of, I think the default question on all of that is, you can never fool the locker room, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> People know. So I think he's earned at this point. Uh, he's got way more, uh, certainly, than anything Trey Lance has done. Yeah. Uh, there's no way. That that would just feel wrong to go into next year and say, okay, we're back to our plan with Trey Lance. <laughs> you know, unless he were to have, even if he were to have a terrible game against the Eagles, I just, I don't know how you 
can do that. I think the question that I have is, okay, the reason you went for Trey Lance is because you thought there was a certain ceiling with Jimmy Garoppolo that was going to maybe make it so that you couldn't go all the way. Plus his durability is an issue. Um, Now, what I don't know is, is the ceiling really higher with Purdy other than he's hasn't been hurt yet. Um, I almost feel like it's a similar type of player. You know, you're going to, you're, you're prob- people, people I would think are going to see Brock Purdy as kind of that tier three. I mean, if he keeps doing it, he's upper tier three. Maybe he, maybe if he really gets it going, he's the bottom of tier two. But it's sort of, you sort of vacillate like Cousins does, right? Uh, yeah. You know, through that. So the irony to me would be that they found almost what they had. Yeah. Now, where did you have Garoppolo? Like, where did Garoppolo max out on your tiers? Okay, so Jimmy Garoppolo has been in the quarterback tiers survey for five years. And the survey, just to refresh, is me talking anonymously to 50 coaches and evaluators in the league and putting all of the veteran quarterbacks into tiers from tier one, which is, you know, what Rodgers or or Mahomes have been, Burrow now. Uh, tier two is kind of, you know, the Pro Bowl guy, you know, maybe a Matt Ryan over the course of his career earlier. Um, certain Lamar Jackson's in there, right? In any given year, they might be the MVP, but maybe consistently aren't in tier one. And then tier three is kind of your, uh, you know, it used to be the Andy Dalton tier. It's the Kirk Cousins tier. Uh, Derek Carr, Jimmy. maybe. Kind Derek of Carr could be in there, but I think at times people might have seen his talent as more, so they hoped he'd be a two. But so Jimmy has been uh, tier three four times. Now he did just nudge over the line into the bottom of tier two going into 2018 when he had 23 votes in tier two, 22 in tier three. So he just nudged over, but really solidly in tier three. Um, I'll be interested, you know, I do a podcast every week with Randy Mueller, uh, the football GM podcast, and we had been texting back and forth and he's been a, he's been a, a pretty supporter. And the thing that he noticed throughout the season is they haven't changed the offense for Purdy, right? They haven't had to dumb it down or do less than Kyle wants to do. I had somebody text me after the game, this last game and say, you know, Purdy looks pretty good, but man, I think he's not going to be able to go into Philly and win that game. And that's a limitation. I go, yes, uh, that's a limitation of almost everybody. Of everybody. Yeah. There's no yeah, one Mahomes, going in there, yeah. you know. Yeah, um, Mahomes, you know, maybe, but everyone else, like, this is a hot, high bar. I understand you're on the biggest stage possible. This is quarter get, quarterbacks and coaches get scrutinized by these games. I think it's unfair because you can get to these games, whatever. It's the way of life. It's the NFL. But like, yeah, it's interesting that you had Garoppolo like nudging into two after 2017. That's when he went 5-0 and oh, as the fill-in, it's sort of familiar with the way that Purdy drops in, right? 5-0 and as a starter to finish the season, yeah. now won two playoff games. I think he's right in there. And I think, here's where I would say, Garoppolo was, he's better than Garoppolo post-Garoppolo ACL surgery. I think that changed kind of who Jimmy was. Interesting. Yeah. And where he was never a mover, but he could do it. He could run a little bit. That's running is what got his ACL blown out, right, in Kansas City early in the season in 2018. And after that, he never could do that kind of reset. Shuffle, shuffle, step, reset, boom. And that's what Purdy has. You'll know this better than me because you've watched the 49ers uh, more. But so let's go back to 2017. 
Um, did Jimmy show any of what I thought we saw later? He kind of sometimes had a little bit of meltdown moments over the years where he throws that pick or just sort of gets yeah. the pressure comes in and he makes that decision where you're like, ah, yeah, they that got did not happen in 17, 17, which is kind of this drop him yeah. in and he's just kind of yeah. cutting it loose. Yeah. And he's kind of, he's kind of like operating a little outside the Kyle system, by the way, he's kind of doing a little Patriot yeah. stuff. He's kind of doing Eastern Illinois yeah. stuff. This is why I think the ACL thing did change it because he did have the little move around, bounce, kick it out with a little, you know, snap to it. And yeah. after the yes. ACL surgery and then certainly the ankle stuff uh, happening in 2020, that kind of went away. And that's where he just kind of like lobbed it up off his back foot instead of two steps to the left plant and then zing. And Purdy, you know, obviously he could get hurt and this could happen him to him too. I do think they're very worried that Trey Lance, having had all these injuries now, will never have the mobility and athleticism oh. they hoped. They they were disappointed in Lance's mobility this season. He just couldn't get to the outside, even when they called quarterback runs. This is why they were running him inside in the Seattle game, and he gets hurt running inside. Uh, and fans were mad about that. Like he, They couldn't run him outside. He couldn't get past that linebacker on the edge. Um I have compared, now I'm not saying stylistically for sure. I don't think he's going to, you know, who knows about the career, but I'm compared Purdy a little bit to Russell Wilson. The wow. four-year starter in college, uh -huh. you know, small stature. Rick Russ is a bigger person, but short. And Purdy 6'1", maybe, and, and, and certainly, you know, much thinner. But I see some of that, like, you just kind of discount him, four-year starter, what's, you know, and kind of a character guy and who knows. And then he gets to camp and the players go, whoa, like this guy's got something obviously happened faster for Russ right away as a rookie, but Purdy's got, I think he's got some of that, that little extra to him. You you can trash that comparison if you wish, or do you see anything to buy in on that one? I think, Ru I think of Russell physically as being, um, I think Russell would just be a better athlete, you yeah, know. No uh, I mean, he's no a baseball player. He's one of those guys with the big hands. You know, he was a he's a littler guy, but he sort of had a bigger playing strength to him. Uh, I hadn't thought of that before. It's interesting to look at the first few games. I think the early context is similar than that. Yeah. You know, these are defense run game teams who just need that guy to be efficient and then make some big plays a couple times, right? You have to be able to make some big plays. I think Russell was great at that. I haven't seen Purdy you know, really move around with the magic. Uh, I think Russell had yeah, that he magic. He can't bounce yeah. off of people. And he, I think that Russ could like bounce off of people. He could skip through a tackle a little bit. He was and so quick think, athletically. Yeah. I yeah. think he was really quick athletically. And that's what's gone from Russ now. You know, he doesn't have that quickness no. 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 Uh, that he had. That's interesting. Yeah, I think jury's out. The comparison to Jimmy's great because of the short run over a successful, a short successful run. And then, okay, now people will actually start to game plan for you a little bit, right? Or they'll pick up some tendencies or they'll say, you know what? I don't think he likes this. I don't think, I think we're just getting to that. And that, that happens in the playoffs. So good for Brock Purdy because they made it through. I, I thought last week was going to be a Dan Quinn game. That's when I was asked about it before. I said, this is a Dan Quinn game. If I'm the Cowboys, I'm saying, Dan Quinn, you've evolved how you call games. You don't do the same old defenses. What do you have for Brock Purdy? Can you get him once? Can you get them just on the one play that can turn the game? And they played good defensively, but they didn't. They didn't get them. They yep. didn't get the one thing that could have blown the game. 
Can Philly? I don't know, you know, um, but I'm not going to overreact. If he has a bad game against Philly, I'm not told you so mode. I promise you that I'm not going to do that, even though I've kind of been the one saying, oh, you know, let's not get too excited. <laughs> you know, I, I think all that context and now you go against a, a really good team, of course, it might look hard, right? On the road. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I think this is going to be a really tough game for the 49ers. I, I do. Uh, yeah. Haven't picked it yet, but I think I'm going to take the Eagles. Uh, just all. And again, you don't want to overvalue one game. You know, Dallas looks great destroying Tampa Bay, and that's not who they were. Um, you know, you don't want to overvalue that. Eagles performance in Giants, but the Eagles performed it all season long when Hertz was 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 healthy. They've just got so many ways to attack you. I think they are the most talented team in the league. Uh, yeah. Would you lean Eagle? I mean, just forget. I mean, it's home field, all those things. Yeah. Uh, I'm leaning Eagles. Would you agree with that at this point? I'm leaning Eagles. You know, my fear for them has been Jalen Hurts' injury, and I just think of how fast and physical the linebackers are of the 49ers. So I see a, the worst-case scenario to me for Eagles is they run Hurts on some of those things, and he just gets smashed. And yeah. that's been a problem for all those guys who run like that. You know, I mean, you start going inside, and then – Warner's coming across and smashing you. Now, I did go back and forth texting this morning with a coach who has studied both teams. I said, hey, what's your feel? And he thought, he said Eagles, and I said, why? And he said, I think they're better in the trenches on both sides of the ball, and that will play itself out over the course of the game. So, um, you know, maybe that'll be the case, maybe not. 70 sacks, Sando, man, that is unbelievable. 70 sacks in a season, that's like... Like that that shows me something that they're going to get consistent pressure on Purdy in a way. And he got pressure by the Cowboys, who are a good pass rushing team, but they're not 70 sacks. So that, like the ball's going to go up in some awkward positions, I think. And that might lead. And he's avoided turnovers. He's been incredible about that. But I think the ball is going to go up in some weird things. And that's going to create one or two turnovers that that 49ers cannot afford against the Eagles. That would be my guess. Yep. Yep. Uh, I think it's going to be a great game. I, I just love the. I love the, to watch. I think the 49ers are so compelling just for all these reasons. And Kyle Shanahan's so good. Mm-hmm. If they can, ask, if they can win Kyle. the Super Bowl, like if I could have, like not from a fan standpoint, but just from a compelling content standpoint, the 49ers winning the Super Bowl this year, I can't think of anything mm-hmm. better of the wow. four teams that are left. Mm-hmm. I can't think of anything that would be more fun because it would turn everything on its head. I mean, I mean the you, Kyle big, the Kyle you big win game the thing. Super Bowl yeah. with no, just you win the Super Bowl with Brock Purdy. Like oh, yeah. the whole league's about the importance of the quarterback and and all of that. And look, you can win it with you know, poor Trent Dilfer always gets brought up because <laughs> but it was just an extreme situation of their defense being so good. You can do it. I just think for all they've gone through at the position. And so much focus on it. If they were to win it with him, not even because of him, just with him, mm-hmm. it would just be amazing. And especially with this many good teams left, these are the teams, right? And great, quarter- yeah. and great quarterbacks. Right? Yes, yes, these you're are not the teams. Going, so. you're, you're not going through the the, the piddly ones. What, what's Kyle Shanahan's kind of place? If you had to do a tier, I know you yeah. don't. I'm throwing this at you, yeah. but would Kyle Shanahan be a tier one coach? I think you'd have to at this point. Uh, I really do. Um, you know, I think there's different ways to evaluate coaches, and they bring value on game day in different ways. Um, if I were to just say, ideally, what would I want as a coach? It might be more in the global coach who isn't calling the plays and uh, sets the culture for the team 
And you might think of a Mike Tomlin or a John Harbaugh, uh, Pete Carroll to some degree, you know, those types of coaches. I sort of like that. But not everybody's like that. Kyle brings the incredible value uh, to what he does on offense. And uh, I think he probably is underrated in the other components and just leading the team and all of that. I think he's really good uh, in that area too. But I don't know how – he's a little different among the play-calling coaches in that he does – I believe he does both the run game and the pass game. Yeah. That's sort of a little subtle wrinkle. Most of these guys just want to call the pass plays. They have someone else do the runs. Like he does the whole offense. Um, I think that's impressive. Look at Sean McVay kind of does too. But, man, it's been hard for him, and he's wavered, and does he want to do this? And I get it. Not Kyle. <laughs> like he's been in the middle of a bunch of this stuff um, with some ter- – they've had terrible injury year. They've lost. Oh, yeah, several of them. Kyle Shanahan wavering. He's putting another dip in his lower lip and going to work. And I I just admire what he does. Here's what's really good about having your coach call the plays. You never lose a signal caller. You don't. Like you just you just don't have oh my god what are you like defensive coordinator you do but they always seem to have a pretty good selection of defensive coordinators we'll we'll see if and when D'Amico yeah. goes but I think Fangio yeah. is pretty well set up if he doesn't have to take another job uh, before the coordinators can offer it to him but like you just don't have that you don't run around oh my god we got to go hire an offensive coordinator like you know Buffalo you know you're, you're you lose yeah. day ball and what do you, you know Dorsey okay but is he that good and what if you lose Dorsey and then you know you just never have that when your offensive coordinator is your head coach and that was the yeah. al davis thing right that was the al thing like i want my head coach to run the offense and now i was gonna kind of run the defense and and i that's one thing about al i always agree with you want an offensive coordinator head coach you never lose that the quarterback never lose this you know g- loses the context of the scheme and you need the defensive players to respect the guy like that's really important and an offensive minded guy sometimes doesn't have the respect of the defensive guys, but some of the top guys, the top guys, have the absolute respect of both sides. And, and that's what I feel from Kyle. And it's not easy to get. You know, you don't always have that. What's Sirianni like, by the way? Is he calling the plays? No, no. Uh, Shane Steichen does. And I think okay. that's really interesting because Sirianni is an offensive coach, but but I think deliberately did that. And uh, I think he's been impressive. Uh, now, I think Shane Steichen's been really good, too. They did a really nice job because in their first year with Jalen Hurts as the starter, uh, the first six games of the season, they were one of the most pass-heavy teams. Uh, they were sort of running their system, right, what they wanted to do. And, uh, you know, I always measure that on the old the Russell Wilson Cook Index, you know, how frequently are you passing on early downs early in the games? And they were, like, near the top. They said, uh, let's not do this. Jalen Hurts, they switched and became, like, the most run-heavy team the rest yeah. of the way and really got their – they made the playoffs. Now, this year – I think they've balanced it back out, and Jalen Hurts has probably grown and developed as a as a pocket passer to some degree. Um, I like like Shane Steichen's been with Philip Rivers. He's been with uh, you know he's been with Jalen Hurts. To- two totally different types of guys, and I think had some good success. There was a, we had a neat story the other day about what influence Norv Turner's had on him. Um, I just like I kind of like the setup. I like the fact that the head coach. In this case, is fine having someone else do it. That's unusual. So the thing about these two teams, though, is their personnel is really good. And the defenses are good. Uh, So when you talk about having offensive play callers, when that defense is really good, um, it allows you to play the game kind of a certain way that is favorable. 
yep. to the quarterback. So I think the ultimate test for any coach, especially an offensive coach, is, and a quarterback, is what happens if and when the defense falls off. Philly's done such a great job of keeping the urgency around their roster even after they won the Super Bowl. So they won the Super Bowl. Shoot, they're firing guys. They're they're loading up. They're getting A.J. Uh, Brown. Uh, their, their defense, they've done a really good job, been proactive on. I think the 49ers have been that way too. They get Christian McCaffrey, but that defense is good. Yep. So I'm kind of anxious to see longer term for these teams. Usually what happens is you pay a quarterback and the defense falls off, right? Yep. Uh, they The 49ers haven't really lived in that world. Yeah. And now they could sorry, quarterback would be making eight hundred thousand dollars next year. Maybe they that. will never have to. That'll yeah, be the ultimate crazy. amazing crazy. thing. What if they're just able to have a top five defense forever? Yep. Like they'll be become the Ravens. Yep. It, you know, it's looking like that. They're young on defense. Bosa is gonna be, you know, I assume they're gonna extend them for thirty million, whatever it's gonna cost a year. And, better, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you have Nick Bosa, you're gonna have a pretty good defense. And then he wins games in the fourth yes. quarter. He puts yes. the tackle into the quarterback and it affects the game. It's unbelievable. Yep. The ball yeah. comes out and then they win yeah. the game. Yeah. Uh we could talk about this forever. I'm sure people would listen to it forever, but I don't want to take too much of your time, Santa. We can just talk about this uh, on and on. I'm sure we will. Uh, some of it will be recorded, some of it won't be, but uh, always great yeah. to have you on. I'll finish this with a version of a question I ask everybody, Mike Sando, and I'm going to be interested in this one. What's your favorite restaurant right now? Okay, so right now I live in the Seattle-Tacoma area, South Sound, right? And we've got this uh, great Mexican steakhouse called Cuerno Bravo. And it's funny, you know, th- I'm not, we don't live, this isn't the restaurant mecca, right, of, of anywhere. But uh, my good friend Robert Mays, who does the uh, sure. f- Athletic Football Show podcast, was sending me a gift certificate without me knowing. And so he did his own research, and he happened to get me one there. <laughs> and uh, so my wife and I not only went there for anniversary, but went there recently. And I just love it. You know, they bring it out. They bring out your, your steak on a really hot plate. And then you can leave it on there as long as you want to finish how done you want it, right? Mm-hmm. So it kind of comes out a medium rare, a little rare. And I just love it. The flavor, The we, we, we had those gift certificates. I did like a flight of the Japanese A5, the Australian Wagyu, and then whatever the, the Angus. It was unbelievable. Just like a really nice treat. So that's what I got hey, going. Can you say the name of it again? What's the name of it Cuerno Bravo. C-U-E-R-N-O Bravo. So if you're ever... Not really in Seattle, but maybe you're making that trek from Portland to Seattle and you kind of get in the Tacoma area. That's one that we've really liked. And the prices are really good for that type of, uh, you know, a higher end fare. Like it's not, you know, you don't have to spend 75 bucks for a steak. You know, yep. you can get something there uh, more reasonable. And Last uh, time I bought like a, got a steak was the dinner with Ray Rattle in San Francisco and it was $180 a piece. So that was a little, that was a yeah, little. No, yeah, this isn't, you can do that. Like, you know, when I did that, I had the gift certificate, so I did yeah. that flight of the three. That was like 150 but you would spend way more than that at another place for that. You can get one for 40 bucks. you know, yep. and uh I don't do steaks that often anymore, but uh, that's the place I go if I'm going to do great. one locally. I like it. I like it. I like to. I like to hear about these things I have not heard of, and, yeah. and we'll see if I can get out there and try it. And credit to Robert Mays for doing the research. For he did. Out. He's like, oh, that's that's he good. got the that's place. Good that's good reporting. Yeah. All right, thanks so much, Mike. Really appreciate you talking to me. Hey, thank you. Show for today, everybody. <laughs>